Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Middle Earth Mixer. I'm your host, Evan Cooney, and today I want to talk to you about the teaser trailer, the one that was just the release, the one that everybody is talking about. But before I get into that, I want to give a quick shout out to someone who really sent me a wonderful note to my Middle Earth Mixer Gmail. A gentleman had uh, reached out to me and said that he is reading Tolkien's books to, to his son, and him and his son enjoy listening to my podcast together in the car. And I wanted to say thank you so much for sending me that note. Honestly, there are few things that I can think of that are more productive than this little hobby of mine being used to make a moment like that. You know, it it really touched me because, you know, my wife and I don't have children yet, but I fantasize about reading these stories to my own children. So um, I just wanted to let you know, you know who you are. Uh, that email really meant a lot to me. All right. Now, with that said, let's jump into the material. So this is going to be a fun one. You know, I'm, I'm not going to like... Uh, I'm not going to go too crazy on the editing or uh, anything like that. I just kind of wrote down a couple main points that I wanted to hit uh, in my notes here as far as what I think's happening maybe in the trailer. Again, we still don't fully have a lot to go off on because it's just a teaser, but just some things that I noticed and what I think could be going on in certain scenes. <laughs> this is going to be a little weird because like, I have my note and I have the trailer kind of like I'm going to be silently playing it on my phone so I can give some feedback on certain shots for you guys. So, you know, we'll do this together and we'll see if this works. So let's start, you know, in the beginning of the trailer, it opens and you see this river. Uh, and the assumption is, is this is Numenor. It's this shot of like a river that's kind of like in a canyon. And at the end of the river, you can kind of see what looks like a fortress or a city. And I'm assuming what this is, is like the river leading up to Armenelos. Again, we don't exactly where they're going to have the capital of Numenor in the show. A lot of people think maybe they've done some geographic condensing because Armenelos is actually kind of located in the center of the star of Numenor. It's not really a coastal city. So not really sure if this is like a far inland reaching river. Uh, to the capital, but I'm assuming really this is kind of the boat entrance to the capital of Armenelos. And um, something I noticed from the trailer, this really looks a lot like the heads, the head statues from Prometheus, if any of you have seen that movie, you know, that takes place in the alien universe. Um, we have like a shot of a bunch of Promethean heads, and I'm guessing this is like just statues of ordinary men, you know, kind of like a glorification of the race of men going on here. Um, and then we go into the next scene and it's clearly like, well, first you get a close up of Galadriel's face and then we get a shot of Valinor. And I'm going to be real with you folks. This is like every time I get a little pessimistic about the show, I see these shots of Silmarillion content. And I get excited again. And this is one of those shots. You have somebody coming up the hill. I believe that Amazon Prime had our... Oh, we got some thunder going on outside. I hope you guys can't hear that. I believe Amazon Prime had already admitted that this character kind of walking up the hill uh, to overlook this city of Valinor with the two trees kind of in the background is Finrod. But anyway, you have Galadriel saying like, oh, you know, before the first sunrise, there was light. And then you get this just 
beautiful shot in the trailer of the two trees of Valinor. Now, again, I think I've said this before, maybe on my first podcast. I believe that the first probably like two episodes of the series are going to have a lot of flashback shots to things from the first age to be able to provide context for what's going on in the second age. So I think that this shot of this Finrod walking up the hill and seeing the two trees of Valinor, it's it's probably a flashback. Maybe it's going to be a flashback from Finrod, who is going to be still alive at this point. I believe that Finrod, Galadriel's brother, uh, is going to be dying at some point in the first two episodes of the Rings of Power show. I'm not sure how they're going to do that. I have some guesses, but I believe that's what's going on, and I think this is going to be maybe one of his flashbacks before he dies, or it's going to be something that Galadriel is uh, describing to someone else. So then we move forward, and we kind of get these wide pan um, scenic shots of different clusters of wanderers um, just walking, and... There's a pretty cool soundtrack going with this trailer. Some woman singing. I don't know what the song is, but it's like, I'm not going to try to sing it. Um, But it sounds really cool. It's a great little score that we have for this trailer here, which I really appreciate. And these views look great. So, you know, I like that. I like those kind of like Middle Earthy kind of alien planet looking shots and i think that we got that you know in the first couple seconds of the trailer here and moving on you can you know you kind of all right so this is where i think the trailer starts to get a little corny we have these shots of the harfoots these proto hobbits that the rings of power is using here and they're like they say something about you know, the elves protect the forests, the dwarves protect the mines, the men's protect the, the men's, wow. The men protect the fields. Uh, and then we have each other. You know, that was super corny, but whatever. I mean, the shots did, they did look good. Uh, I just kind of cringed when I heard that. It was like, uh. But I muscled past that and I got to the next portion of the trailer. Okay, so the next point in the trailer you know, you see that there is one of these proto-hobbits that is finding whoever the Meteor Man guy is. Uh, I take it he crash lands right by whatever village all of these hobbits are living in. So immediately what that makes me think here is that you have these little hobbits who are enjoying sort of an innocent lifestyle, almost like, you know, almost like a village of grown children, kind of like the The hobbits are in Lord of the Rings, obviously. And whatever this meteor man is thrusts these innocent villagers into the drama of the world. Uh, So that's the storyline that they're going with. And if you want my opinion on meteor man, I mean, it really is a tough call. You know, I can tell you that there certainly is no lore context for some kind of heavenly creature arriving in a meteor. But right now, my, like... Big theory of what I think it is, is like top, my first thing. I have two theories of what I think it could be. I think that whoever is in this meteor is, now we know that the blue wizards, right? The uh, two members of the Istari that we really don't know much about. And their names are Alatar and Palando. And one person arrives in the meteor, right? So it can't be the both of them. I think that what it could be is sort of this fictional 
character that Amazon is adding to the story that is maybe a conglomeration between the two characters of Alatar and Palando, but supposed to be a member of the Astari. So Amazon's take on the Blue Wizards combined into one character. That's what I think it is. Uh, However, Amazon in these trailers really seems to be leaning in toward this could be the Sauron angle, because if you look at the way the meteor looks like before the, the flames go out, it looks like the eye of Sauron. And I think that that's just something that they're doing to throw people off. Also, it wouldn't make sense at all for Sauron to be arriving to Middle-earth in a meteor if he's already there in Middle-earth, you know? That just doesn't make sense. But I suppose it's possible. I mean, they're doing all kinds of things that doesn't line up with the lore. So that's my take on it. But anyway, moving on. So then we go further in the trailer and Elrond is having this conversation with Galadriel. He's basically like telling her like, hey, you know, you fought enough. You can hang up your sword now. And the way the conversation is, it seems like she's she's saying like, uh, oh, you know, I know that there's still more evil out there. Like you're being naive. Like you haven't seen. She actually says you haven't seen what I've seen. And Elrond is says something like, I've seen my share. And she goes, no, you haven't seen what I've seen, which is true. Elrond has not seen some of the horrific things that Galadriel has. And when Galadriel is saying this, there is this, we get this image of her kind of in what looks like a, like a post-nuclear explosion. There is dust everywhere. There is like red mist all around her. She's covered in dust. And what I think that is personally is a flashback to, I always feel like I'm pronouncing it wrong, and I probably am, but the Dagger Bragalach. <laughs> Dagger Bragalach, the Battle of Sudden Flame from the Silmarillion. And for those of you who haven't read the Silmarillion, it is essentially... Um, the Noldor had been sieging Morgoth's main fortress for like 400 years. And during the Battle of Sudden Flame, the elves who had essentially believed that they were keeping Morgoth in check in this sort of never-ending siege are surprised by an attack of just hordes of orcs. There are Balrogs there, and then there is the first dragon, Glaurung. So that, and then um, there's there's flames that kind of come forth from Thangorodrum as well. But, uh, you know, the Battle of Sudden Flame, you have uh, Glaurung, who is, you know, burning people alive. And this battle is an epic loss for the Noldor. I mean, so many, and for those of you who don't know, the, the Noldor are the elves who um, had lived in Valinor prior and then chased Morgoth, led by Feanor, into Middle-earth uh, to retake the Silmarils, which Morgoth stole. But anyway, so in this battle, it is a, a, just a complete defeat for the Noldor. The siege is broken, and there are a bunch of them that are retreating. And it says that during their retreat, they're actually running through this large portion of land that was once called Ard Gallon. And that meant Green Plain. So it's this more thunder. Whoa. So Ard Gallon, it is this beautiful place that means Green Plain. And during the Dagger Bragalach, this Green Plain is just utterly destroyed by fire. 
and so many of the Noldor lose their lives on this plane to the point where it is renamed Unfauglief, which means gasping dust. Now, this shot of Galadriel, she's clearly in this post-disaster area, and I think in one of the images I saw, there was like a bunch of dead bodies, like all around. That, I think, is the Dagor Bragalak. A flashback, too. You know, when she says, you haven't seen what I've seen. Uh, Elrond has not seen the Battle of Sudden Flame. So that, to me, just makes sense. And then immediately after that, she repeats it. She's like, you have not seen what I have seen in the trailer. And then it shows what looks like it's all red. And then it looks like there's fire and maybe like some sunken structures. And there are bodies all around. And they're floating in water. Now, there's a lot of people who think that this is maybe a forward vision of the fall of Numenor. And I am of the persuasion that this is some maybe flashback to the sinking of Beleriand after the first age. And the reason why I think that is because... And and again, I could be wrong. It could be the fall of Numenor. But it doesn't make sense to me why... If you look in that shot, there's a guy that has like a spear going through him and he's floating in the water which would imply that there was some type of battle that was taking place there and if there was a battle taking place then that should be the war of wrath which essentially sunk Beleriand you know that wouldn't be the fall of Numenor because nobody fought in the fall of Numenor it was just destroyed by Iluvatar you know there there was no fighting involved so there wouldn't be anybody who would have a spear going through them unless maybe they killed themselves So anyway, that's why I think that that's a shot of right after the War of Wrath, where you have large portions of the Earth just kind of sinking from from the collapse of of that portion of the continent because of the effects of the War of Wrath. So that's what I think is going on in that shot. But again, could be wrong. Could be the Fall of Numenor. Oh, during that little Galadriel-Elrond exchange, we got a really cool shot of Austin Ethel. If I got that wrong, you can correct me. Uh, but that is the capital city of Eregion. So that is, uh, Celebrimbor is the lord of that city. Uh, that's, I believe, those are the ruins that the Fellowship is going by in the Fellowship of the Ring, where Legolas talks about how, I think it was the rocks cry out for the Noldor, like the the, the earth mourns the Noldor, or something along those lines. Um but yeah, that that is those are the ruins of that capital city, which, spoiler alert, uh, you know, Sauron lays siege to that city and he destroys it. So that's gonna be interesting. I'm you know, another thing that I'm also really excited for, I am excited to see Tolkien's elves at a stage of their development where they still are hopeful. And in their their nature is a little bit more manlike in their ambition. You know, third age elves are much more, they're much more one with nature. They're much more wise. They're much more pessimistic about the world. Um, the first and second age elves were were still, like I said, manlike in their ambition. And the things that they built were really amazing. So I'm excited to see like elves that are interacting more with the world around them uh, and less isolated. That's, that's going to be a fun thing. Uh, and that's what I thought of when I saw that shot, that beautiful shot of like a sky view of Austin Ethel. All right, what else we got? So after that, we have a really cool shot of a ship 
kind of it looks like it's entering some kind of Numenorean port city and I thought that shot looked great I think the Numenorean ships look great right after that you see that kind of statue angle of you know I saw some people online they think maybe it's a statue of Eärendil in that little port entrance area where all the ships are coming in I thought those looked beautiful I mean these are tremendous shots of Numenor and I love just I think it's cool to see this more seafaring portion of the characters that Tolkien has created because we don't really get any of that in the Peter Jackson movies for the most part. Um, So great shot of the boat. looked really cool. Numenor looked great. Uh, Again, I've had complaints about things that I think are out of left field, like one of them's coming up. Um... So then after the the Numenor shots and the ship, you have Gilgalad who is warning Elrond about some kind of evil rising and covering the face of the earth. This is very much to Gilgalad's character because we have seen that Gilgalad has always been able to sense this encroachment of Sauron. We see that in the Akalabaith and we see it in... Um, the Unfinished Tales. Well, not as much in the Akalabaith, more in the Unfinished Tales, um, Tar Aldarion and his exchanges with him. Gilgalad is is very good at perception. Uh, we also know that Gilgalad does not fall for the illusions of Anatar or Sauron's fair disguise. So Gilgalad is smart and he sees that something's going on and we see that He's this character is playing out in the trailer. He is telling Elrond about something that's going on. And I can tell from all the footage that we've gotten, like even before this little conversation that he's having with Galadriel a second ago, he's saying like, hey, you can put up your sword. It's over. You don't have to fight it anymore. I feel like Elrond is kind of this naive character and the characters like Gilgalad and Galadriel are like, dude, no, there's still stuff going on. So... It'll be some interesting character development on his part because, I mean, think about Elrond in, you know, the Third Age. Peter Jackson did a a great job at portraying this very learned character. You know, somebody who's a little bit more pessimistic about the nature of evil and the condition of the world. You know, so it will be interesting to see a young, you know, kind of ignorant Elrond. I feel like that's what we're getting. And that's a character I'd like to see because that's very different. You know, we change. Our experiences change us. So I'm excited to see an Elrond that is changed by his experiences. That'll be really cool. Uh, So that happens. And then as Gilgalad is talking about this evil that's going to cover the face of the earth, we get this shot of a character that I am not excited about called Adar. You know, this dark elf character. That is non-canon, by the way. Uh, this guy, Adar, who is leading a collection of orcs. It looks, it's kind of a weird shot. It looks like maybe they're going up like a mountain or something. Or something that leads up to a fortress, maybe. Uh, and Adar, this elf, is at the head of an army of orcs. And I don't know what to make of this at all. I'm going to be honest, I haven't heard the the latest news on this character, so I could be wrong here, but I've seen people speculate online that he's related to Galadriel somehow. Maybe he's a brother, even, of Galadriel. And guys, I mean, that is, that's something that I can't get behind. You know, again, I'm giving this show a chance, and I am hopeful, and I am optimistic, but if they just make one of Galadriel's brothers 
evil for no reason, that's like insane. That's that's like if you were to make one of Elrond's sons evil just for no reason. I can't get with that, you know. So I'm I'm wary of this character. Uh, there is no Adar in the books. So and and I'm okay with seeing where it goes. I just don't want it to be a relative of Galadriel because that's just gonna be weird. Unless it's like not a brother, but maybe somebody else that they make up. We know elves can be evil. So if they make up an evil one to kind of serve as this like pseudo puppet of a reemerged Sauron, all right, that's fine. Like, I'm okay with that. You can take some liberty there, but don't let it be Galadriel's brother. Like, anyway. Ooh, next shot. After that, you have that sick. Now, this was, this shot was clean. This, you have these birds that are coming down out of the sky and they are in the view of Galadriel and a bunch of other elves on a boat. And the way, I think maybe it was edited a little bit than the the second to most recent teaser trailer that came out, but that was like a beautiful shot. You know, these birds that are flying by the boat, that very much gives me Silmarillion imagery. The, the white birds, that was great and the rays of sunshine coming down it was just beautiful cin- cinematography so I'm, I'm really happy with that and that gave me some hope for how i would like the show to look you know what's next uh more harfoot shots there's some shiny little firefly looking things that are falling out of the sky and the harfoots are like looking and playing with them and that's the shot and i have no idea what's going on there I'm assuming it has something to do with the Meteor Man guy. Maybe these are little pieces of ash that are falling out of the sky. I don't know. If you haven't figured it out by now, I don't like the Harfoots. So their shots annoy me. But anyway, let's move on. Because here are some sick shots that I do want to talk about. Kazadum. This is what I wanted. You know, I wanted to see what was going on in Kazadum. I wanted to see the dwarven culture. I wanted to see some cool, like, dwarves at the zenith of their culture. That's what I wanted to see, and that's what I think we're getting. Okay, Kazadum looks great. Elrond is there for some reason. He's being led, I believe, up to the king. I think I saw information released that he's there in Kazadum on some kind of diplomatic mission on behalf of Celebrimbor, which would make sense because there was a lot of relations between the elves of Eregion and the dwarves of Kazadum. That's where we get the the door from the Fellowship of the Ring. You know, remember, speak friend and enter. Uh, that was the point of exchange between their two nations. So there was a lot of collaboration there. So Elrond is there for some reason and he's being led down this this bridge and it opens up and there's this beautiful shot you know of this this mine city and one thing so there was two things that i i really thought were cool so one we're getting the dwarven masks right from the silmarillion those were dope right we got the the dwarven war masks um which are, are described and i believe it's the the battle of sudden flame they helped kind of cover the retreat of a lot of the uh, good forces during that battle because they were able to withstand the flame because of their masks. And then there was something that I really thought was cool. It looks like either sunlight or moonlight is being directed by mirrors to light up the underground city, like giant mirrors kind of hanging from the walls, which I just thought was a really cool concept. 
you know, it was a very creative thing that I feel like is is being added in there, which I appreciate. And then we kind of have a shot. It jumps back to Numenor and Halbarand, this made-up man character who is shipwrecked with Galadriel for some reason that we do not know. He is in the court of Numenor. It's just a quick shot of him in the court. We don't know why he's there. A lot of people think that this guy could also be Sauron and in some sort of disguise. And I've said this on Twitter, as much as I like the idea of Sauron appearing like a man to men, you know, I really hope it's not this guy Halbaran, because it would just be stupid and lazy writing to have Sauron just get shipwrecked into Numenor. You know, that would be ridiculous. There's strong canon reasons for why he gets taken there, and I don't want to see him be there on accident. Well, assuming he would... I'm sure if that guy was Sauron, the show would make it so he found himself there on purpose, but we have a story that doesn't need to be deviated from. So I would really not like to see that character be... Sauron. I would rather have him maybe be like a Ringwraith or or somebody like that. Those are characters. You can explore those characters. You know, Tolkien doesn't give us the names of the Ringwraiths except for Kamul the Easterling. So go explore those characters. Don't have Sauron be some random guy washing up on a beach. Moving on. Oh, there's this weird little... People are fighting about this on Twitter. In the trailer, you have that new elf guy saying, The past is with us all. And then you immediately have Elendil's character saying, the past is dead. Now, people are like freaking out about this because I guess they think like it's it's Amazon making a statement. Like the past is dead. Like let go of your expectations. I don't think it's that. And to be honest, and I know it's, it's weird because Elendil's saying this and he's supposed to be a member of the faithful. So we'll see how it plays out. We'll see like what the context is. But I do want to hear things like, the past is dead. You know, one of Numenor's major problems as a culture was they were forgetting their past. So I want to see Numenorians getting up and making comments like that because that means they're right where they should be, you know, canon-wise. So I, I wasn't freaking out about that or anything. Got kind of like a really cool charge scene. Uh, it looks like Numenorian soldiers kind of attacking somebody. I don't know what's going on, but it was filmed very nice. The horses all looked great. So, you know, we'll see what happens with that. But I thought the shots looked fantastic. Uh, And then we have this weird shot of Farazan's character, who is not king at this point. I think he's an advisor, even though he's Marielle's cousin. So he should be more than an advisor. He's essentially a prince of the royal house. So he shouldn't just be an advisor Amazon. But anyway, you see this shot of Farazan kind of rousing this crowd of people, which is cool, <laughs> you know? Um, I want to know what's going on in that scene. I want to know what he's talking about. Uh, that was interesting. And then you move past that quick shot of Farazan rousing the people, and who knows, maybe he's he's getting them riled up about the fact that they all have to die, and maybe he's like, let's do something about it. You know, I don't know. I don't know what's going on there. Then you have another shot of the uh, Prince Doran, one of the dwarves who is saying, this is the beginning of a new era. And he's holding up a a gem. The only thing I can think of is, you know, maybe he's talking about some kind of like diplomatic deal 
with the elves of Eregion. I really don't have a whole lot of insight there past that. Uh, I do know that the elves of Eregion and the dwarves of Khazadum, like I said, they had a really tight-knit relationship. You know, the two were essentially kind of symbiotic. It's the, the closest and best relationship elves and dwarves have ever had. You know, they've had a very rocky history together. So maybe Elrond strikes up some kind of diplomatic deal. And that's the discussion that they're having. Ooh, really excited about this. After that, we get this shot of a couple elves donned in armor, putting their swords up in the air, touching their swords together. And it looks like they are, whoa, some crazy thunder. Uh, it looks like they are taking some kind of oath, perhaps. Now, if this is the oath of Feanor in a flashback, I'm be honest, folks, I'm excited. <laughs> that is really cool. Uh, the oath of Fanor, for those of you who don't know, when Fanor decided to take the Noldor out of Valinor to go pursue Morgoth to get the Silmarils back, uh, his sons essentially swore that they would. I, I don't want to. I don't have any notes on it in front of me, so I don't want to like botch up the oath or anything. But I, I believe they they swore to give their lives to go to the ends of the earth to get the Silmarils back. And they would never stop. And they would do whatever they needed to do. And this oath caused a lot of death, destruction, and suffering for the people of the Noldor. And another reason why I think it might be the oath of Feanor is because this, if you look, it's taking place in some kind of room that has a dome roof. And through that dome roof, we are seeing night. It's, it's just stars. I could be thinking too hard into it. You know, uh, could just be nighttime. But if this was the Oath of Feanor, it would be appropriate that it would just be stars out. Because the trees of Valinor, those bright trees that lit the world that we see at the beginning of the trailer, would have just been destroyed by Morgoth and Ungoliant. So that was really interesting. And it, it got me excited. Again, like I said, you know, every time I see that Silmarillion stuff, I just... I'm like, okay, I'm back in. Just when I thought I was out, you keep pulling me back in. But yeah, so hopefully that's what that is. <laughs> uh, moving on. Oh, we get a shot of... There is a guy who, just by the look of the scene, you know, the way he's moving, it's super athletic. You can tell that he's an elf. But he's moving so fast that it's kind of hard to see his face. But he's chained up. There is an elf that is chained up and is fighting some large wolf, okay? And I'm really not like 100% sure, but I do think that this could be Finrod chained up, imprisoned by Sauron, fighting to the death with this wolf. Because we, we know from the Silmarillion, uh, Sauron, um, you know, he was the lord of werewolves and he had thrown Finrod and the company that he was with, Baron was there, you know, from Baron from Baron and Luthien. Finrod dies protecting Baron from this wolf. He kills the wolf, but he dies of his injuries. And this all takes place at the behest of Sauron, who is basically just kind of enjoying torturing them. They are, this happens in the dungeons of uh, Sauron's fortress that he had actually taken from the uh, elves who had lived there previously. Now, 
if you look at this shot, it kind of looks like it's happening outside. It looks like maybe there's some trees and roots in the background, but it certainly would be pretty cool if Finrod actually died in the way that he was supposed to die. Because I had originally, watching that first teaser trailer that they released, I thought Finrod was going to, we know he's going to be in the show, I thought he was going to die in battle. But if this is him chained up, you know, maybe he does die the way that he's supposed to as a prisoner of Sauron with this extremely large, you know, wolf uh, coming after him. So that's what that could be. Again, though, it could also be that new elf whose name is slipping my mind. Um, there's that that new elf that's in the trailers. It could be him too, which I would be disappointed by because, you know, I really kind of hyped it up in my head. I thought maybe that this would be a Finrod type of situation, but it might be that other guy, the non-canon character that Amazon is throwing into the show. And then let's see, hold on. Let me double check, make sure there wasn't anything left yeah and then it, it pretty much ends off you know you have another shot of this meteor man and again the trailer's really making it look like it's sauron but i don't think it is and then we got some harfoots that are walking down a hill and that's how the trailer ends so yeah that's the new teaser trailer so yeah you know kind of a shorter more impromptu episode for you guys overall i really like the trailer uh, there was some things that I didn't like, but I would definitely say that I'm left in a more hopeful spot than I was in prior to the release of this trailer. But I want to know what you guys thought of the trailer. You know, hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on the email that you can find in my Twitter bio. And yeah, that's about it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in.